0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 97 of How Do You Write. I'm Rachel Herron, and I'm so pleased that you are here today. Um, Today we are talking to the awesome and wonderful Rose Lerner who is fantastic and so funny and I really feel like if we lived closer together I would just adopt her as one of those people I want to meet at the cafe and work with because she has um, the same sensibility that I do about this writing life and she's just awesome. I know that you're going to enjoy the interview. Um... Don't I give you good interviews? I'm saying. Recently, I've been looking back at the people that I've had, and they're phenomenal. We don't get many duds on this show, and right now, I honestly can't think of a dud. I'm sure that there was one. You might have one in mind, but uh, I can't think of one, so that's fantastic. You know what? We are approaching episode 100. I actually don't know what that means in my life. (laughs) Like, It's a very big number. It's a number that I had hoped to hit. And God willing in the creeks don't rise I'm going to hit it and uh, I'm wondering if I should do something special or if we should just roll on through like it's just another show and I kind of feel like it's just gonna be another show but I want to say that being up here in the high numbers of 97 it feels really good it feels awesome to be sitting here and to be comfortable with the show and with the format and with how I talk to you all and to know that we're connected, that you listen to the show and that um, my voice right now is in your car or in your ears as you're doing the laundry or raking the leaves, although we don't really do that um, here in the Northern Hemisphere in July. That's coming soon. Uh, But just to know that we are connected and we're thinking about writing, we're talking about writing together, even though it's me sending my voice out to you I always feel like I'm talking to a really incredible group of people, and you're part of that. So I wanted to say thank you for that. I just got done doing, like uh, two minutes ago, I just got done doing my very first Facebook Live, which was really fun. I'm actually thinking I might release that next week as a podcast. I kind of went into it thinking I might do that. And it went something like 37 minutes before I realized it had been 37 minutes. And I freaked out and said, okay, goodbye. Uh, But it was so fun to talk to people. We talked about lots of other things, not just writing. Um, And what a world we live in that we're connected this way is what I'm saying. What a world that I can meet and know And enjoy people online in this way in a way that would have been completely impossible 20 years ago you know so I'm just really grateful for that and I'm very grateful for you that you choose to spend your incredibly valuable time here Um, there's no commodity like time (laughs) that is um, not only do we not have much of it but we're all running out of it so the fact that not to be morbid but I love morbid. so the fact that you do spend your time here is something that i honor and i'm going to try not to waste it by babbling anymore uh quick shout out to brand new patrons uh rebecca adams and stephanie a poppy a fabulous name um and chris wood thank you so 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 much chris joins at the level which you get text messages from me i haven't been very good at sending them lately but i sent one today that was important to me so i'm going to try to do more of those but um thank you thank you thank you to all my patrons um new and old it makes the difference in me being able to sit here and talk to you and you pledging even just a buck a month makes me know that um i'm reaching you so thank you thank you thank you patreon.com rachel yeah that's it just rachel <laughs> r-a-c-h-a-e-l i'm a little bit hyper today um I, oh i had caffeine for the first time in weeks that's what it is. I had a lapsang suchang tea, which is my new jam. It's smoky like a scotch, um, which I am not drinking. So I'm really loving the peatiness of a lapsang suchang tea. Highly recommend it if you like um, if you like tasting like you're drinking a campfire, it's fantastic. Can't, can't recommend it more. Um, in, in Booklandia, in my life, everything is a okay. I start a revision on a book that I still can't tell you about because it's not official yet. I uh, can't tell you till um, hopefully next week, but I think you've figured out that something nice has happened and I would begin revisions on it soon. I begin revisions on Monday. So um, the book that I have been writing, uh, The Third Ballard Brother, I'm putting that on hold. I knew that I would probably have to, and it's a relief. Are you kidding me? I get to put down a first draft and pick up a revision of a book that's already highly polished. Fabulous. I could not be happier. I think that's really lifted my spirits. Um, the experiment to write every day, <laughs> total failure. Uh, but I got like, you know, s- nine, nine days or so in a row of 2000 words done before 9am, which felt great. I am not keeping up that pace right now because I don't have to. I'm stopping writing those new words. Um, and I'm not sure it was the way to go, but I will experiment with it a little bit more. I love trying things. I love that you guys are patient with me when I try things and I report back to you. Uh, I got a little bit burned out doing that. And that's that's silly. I, apparently, I do need a day off here or there. Um, I also found a dog. You may have already heard about this on the social media. Found a dog, as I often, often do, Um, I find lots of animals and rehome them, uh, except for Dozie who I kept. But, uh, I found a dog on Saturday and on Wednesday she had two puppies. She did not look pregnant. So that has been exciting. I've got two little baby puppies on the front porch right now. I'm going to go check on them in just a second. They're three days old. They are the most delightful little buggers. I know that they're going to get even cuter as they start running around and then they're going to get stinkier and more, obnoxious and I can't wait so my sister is helping me foster them We're, they're going back and forth with us and uh, then we'll adopt them all out to the two pups and the mom so that's been really fun and it's a good life it's it's good stuff and I'm glad you're here for it so enjoy the awesome interview with Rose Lerner and we will talk soon get some writing done and then tell me all about it okay Hey writers, I've opened up some coaching slots. I'm not taking clients on a weekly basis right now as I'm working on my own books, but I am doing one-offs. I call them tune-ups. Tell me your plot problems and ask your character queries. Let me know what stumbling blocks you're up against. Get tips and tricks to get you back on the right track. Ask me questions about all things publishing together we'll brainstorm your specific plan of action making sure you're in the driver's seat of your book again. You'll receive a 30-minute call over Skype or FaceTime giving you the honest encouragement you need to keep getting better or a polite ass kicking if that's what you need and ask for. Plus you'll get an mp3 audio recording or mp4 video your choice of our chat so you can re-listen at your leisure. And if you want a little more help, I can also critique either 10 pages or your book's outline and talk you through my findings. Just check out rachelherron.com slash coach for more info. I'd love to work with you. Now on to the interview. Okay, well, I could not be more pleased to welcome Rose Lerner to the show. Hi, Rose. Hi, hi, Rachel. So glad you're here. Let me give you a little introduction. Uh, Rose Lerner discovered Georgette Heyer. Is it Heyer or Hire?
1: You know, I've heard it many different ways, and I don't know the correct answer. Okay, well, I'm glad I that, say Heyer, know, but you say Heyer. And that's what mean I mean. It's right.
0: That's what I think I just said. But okay, we're gonna stick with that for this show. Uh, she uh, Rose discovered her when she was 13, and wrote her first historical romance a few years later. Her writing hasn't <laughs> has improved. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a rough start, but that's all right. Her writing has improved since then, unless you were a a child savant. But her fascination with all things Regency hasn't changed. Rose's most recent story about a female soldier in Washington's army and her spy ex appears in Hamilton's battalion alongside stories by Courtney Milan and Alyssa Cole, which I loved. I loved all three of yours, by the way. Love, 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 love. Her lively St. Lemiston series has been featured in NPR's 2016 book. Concierge and Publishers Weekly's Best Books of 2014. She lives in Seattle with her best friend. You can find her online at roselerner.com. Welcome. And how cool was it to be in that anthology with Courtney and Alyssa?
1: It was so cool. <laughs> I was honestly a little starstruck when they invited me. <laughs>
0: I would be too I would be starstruck with all of you but just just what you guys were doing with that I think was so cool and um I you, you I'm sure you don't remember but like 3 summers ago we all sang Hamilton at RWA National and I know you were there and I was Oh there. I remember. <laughs>
1: That was actually, we were originally going to, like, announce the anthology at that. Like, that was, oh we organized that for the anthology. But then we were like, eh, we'll just do a Hamilton song.
0: It was the most fun I've ever had at Romance Writers of America National Convention. That was the highlight of all of the years that I have gone, was being downstairs singing the first half. Because we didn't quite have time to do the
1: whole thing. That woman that had the, the outfit and the chair. did the, the chair? I still think about her. Yeah, me too. I saw the picture of
0: her on my phone. That's so awesome! It was great. <laughs> well, you are mighty prolific, and you you turn out books. And um, wow, I wish that was true. Does it not feel true? I was just looking at you on Amazon, no. and dang, it seems like it. I mean, it's like been about a book a year. Well,
1: Which isn't like slow, slow, but like there are definitely people writing faster.
0: Oh yes, you're not I don't know. A, a book a month, but that's, that's a good thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to write faster. Um, always try. But will you tell us a little bit about your writing process and when and where and what you do when... Well, you know, I I feel like
1: it, to an extent it almost changes with every book, but oh, you know, for a that. long time I've been someone that just writes. So I have a I have a day job, um, so yeah. for a long time I've just been I just been writing like when I have time. Um, And I haven't been writing every day. I've been writing in longer stretches a few times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And that does work well for me because I'm definitely once I start writing, I don't want to stop usually, Mm. Um, assuming that I know what is happening next, right? (laughs) Um, But I'm actually trying something new where I write a little bit every day and we're going to see how that goes. Um, And when do you do that? Well, I actually just switched my work schedule so that I'm able to write in the mornings so that oh. I'm trying to write in the mornings during the week.
0: And how is it going? What does it feel
1: like? Um, You know, I can't really speak to like, how, like, am I writing more words, but um, it feels good to have a little bit of progress every day and to kind of, I don't know, it, it feels like I'm making progress in a way that I really appreciate. So, um, and I, I, you know, I'm definitely someone that. Like I need a lot of time for things to percolate. Um, There's a large section at the front of a book that goes very, very, very slowly because I just, I'm not sure what happens next. I'm writing and I need to take 10, 15, 20 an hour, you know, to like, just look at my map of the house again. And like, I, so I think, especially for that, like just getting a little bit down um and sorry what was what was your question
0: I think oh, just kind of like what was what's the general writing process for you okay, yeah. um,
1: but yeah, so I think that like it's actually kind of nice to have a little more structure because I definitely get sidetracked easily, as you'll probably see during this conversation. <laughs> I
0: love it. We're already we're already kindred spirits on that. <laughs> I love that you say though when you start to write and when you have those longer chunks and you don't want to come out. I I sometimes feel like a a very capital B bad capital W writer because. Like when I start, especially first drafting, I just hate first drafts and I'm in the middle of a first draft right now and I hate it and I'm always ready to come out. Like this morning <laughs> I hit my 2000 words goal, which has recently been my goal every day, including weekends. Oh my it's, my it's my new goal just to see what happens just for a yeah, month yeah. I'm going to try it. And, um, and I, and it was going really well. Like I was enjoying the scene. It was Doing exactly what I wanted it to, and I hit 2,000 words and I, and like three extra, and I was done, done for the day. I cannot <laughs> even imagine going on another couple hundred words. So, how, so, but you could just stay there, is that right? I mean, not forever. Yeah. I tend to surface after
1: like, two or three hours, I yeah. guess. Okay. That makes me feel um, better.
0: I was picturing you down there for like I don't, eight hours at a time. Oh God. <laughs> I mean,
1: when do I have eight hours at a yeah, time? Yeah. I, there's no point in my life where I just have eight hours at a time, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I tend to surface at a certain point, but it's like writing, you know, like some people are like, I write 500 words every day or something like that. And historically that hasn't been good for me because it's like I... I want to write more, but then I also have not been able to make time every day. So, i doing longer chunks was working well for me, but I'm I'm trying something new because I really have not I have not been feeling like I've been making enough time and making enough progress. And so, I really want to kind of I don't know. I read this book that actually Courtney Milan recommended um, called Mini. I don't remember the exact name of the book, but it's like something Mini Habits. Um oh, it's yeah, by I heard this, about that guy named Stephen uh, Guise, G-U-I-S-E. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, um, oh man, I'm about to reveal something very embarrassing. Yay! But so <laughs> I'm going to use an example from a real mini habit of mine. So I do not floss my teeth as much as I
0: should. I am the worst flosser in the world. Yeah. So you are have really, been. company. S-
1: struggling for years to make myself start flossing my teeth so um, the idea of the mini habit is that instead of saying I'm going to floss my teeth every day you make a resolution that's so small that it almost seems dumb like you laugh at it so my resolution is that every day I will floss one tooth <laughs>
0: That's good. See, it's funny, right? It is funny. But
1: so the, the idea is that even if you only floss your one tooth every single day, eventually it will become a habit. You'll be used to flossing your teeth. And so it's easier to build on that. But also the real problem with a lot of resolutions like this is that you kind of build up in your mind how much work it is and you don't start. So yes. because you flossing one tooth is not intimidating, you always do it. And then once you're flossing the one tooth, you probably do a few more. Maybe you do half your mouth. Maybe you end up doing your whole mouth, right? And so you end up doing way more than you would have if you just decided I'm going to floss my teeth every day. And you also eliminate guilt and have like a sense of progress.
0: I love that. Every single day. I'm going to try that with my flossing at least. I remember (laughs) my my, – my first five books were knit lit, knitting romances, and uh, oh, uh-huh. And I was at the dentist office one time, and I love my hygienist, and I have really strong teeth, which is how I get away with this, but um, mm. but she she said, Rachel, I'm so sorry someday I'm going to read one of your books and, uh, you know, she's a, she's a knitter. And and I said, that's okay. Someday I'm going to start flossing. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I hear you. I hear you. So how do you use that in terms of writing? How do you
1: use the mini habits? So the one that he suggested and the one that I've been trying is write 50 words every day. Ooh, I like that. Because every day you can write 50 words, no matter what is going on in your life. Like, that's like two sentences, maybe yeah. depending on the length of your sentences. Yeah. So, you know, and once I, because like I said, once I'm writing, I don't usually want to stop, at least not soon. Um, But it's very, hard, like, so, a lot of times I get this block where I'm like, well, I don't have time to really, like, I'm not, you know, I don't have my laptop with me or I don't, you know, whatever, like the situation isn't perfect for me to start writing and so I don't and this way it's like the resistance
0: it eliminates that resistance and it's all about the resistance you're right for me I think like when I don't want to start writing it's because I don't want to start thinking that's all it is I don't want to start thinking about this particular book and where I left it and how I'm going to smooth these parts together I just don't want to think about it so yeah thank you that's fantastic I love that what is what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing
1: definitely like i was saying like i i write very slowly um and i'm very like I, i'm very easily distracted which makes me write more slowly so like yeah. and i'm trying to not pause in the middle of writing to research things but at the same time i think that a lot of really special moments in my books like or like new ways of thinking about a scene or new ways of thinking about a character have come from stopping in the middle to research some minor point and so I also don't want to limit it too much and I love doing it, but it's like, I just, it just, I crawl through a book. And I would say that the hardest part for me is that middle, because I, I write, I love writing the beginning. I always love writing the beginning. And then, um, I get to the middle and I know what's going to happen at the end and I just want to get there. And I get like, it's like a traffic, it's like sitting in a traffic jam. Like, I'm just like, (laughs) why am I not there yet? Why am I not there yet? Why am I not there
0: yet? best analogy because that's (laughs) exactly, and I feel the same kind of like boiling rage at the same time when I'm sitting there, not moving, not getting to the end.
1: then i always rush the end like my editor every single book she's like so the end feels rushed and i'm like yeah that's because i rushed because i wanted to be done (laughs) i got excited because i was almost done and i just like
0: well, it's Brilliant. it's like skiing downhill when you get there. It's like you've mm-hmm. been trudging up this mountain, and then when you get to the end, it's like you strap on the skis and you get to go straight downhill, and I love that, but my editors yeah. always tell me the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's fun. What is your biggest joy in writing? Um,
1: You know, I think that writing is the one place in my life where I feel completely uninhibited. Wow, um, that's great I do not
0: feel that way in my writing
1: my it's it's taken me many years to get there but um, I you know my my therapist um, was talking to me about mindfulness and she's talking about these core principles of mindfulness for specifically this type of therapy and it's um, observe describe and participate mm. and, participating is when you're completely immersed in what you're doing and there's nothing extraneous. Like you're not worrying. You don't have sort of like stray thoughts. You're not thinking about what you're like. You're not thinking about thinking and you're not thinking about your, you're you're just like participating in the moment. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so can you think of a time when you, and I was like, no, the only time in my entire life that I feel that way is when I'm writing and it's a rush.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's being in utter flow. Yes, exactly. Which, which for yeah. me, seriously, happens like once or twice a week and no and no more. <laughs> if I could buy that feel, I mean, if any, if any of us could sell that feeling of being yeah. in flow, we would be the biggest drug dealers in the world. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't say I'm always there when I write, but like it's definitely the one activity. Like when I'm in it, like it's the one time in my life that I – And it did take me a long time to get there. I remember when I started writing and I think I actually learned this through doing fan fiction um, because when I started doing fan fiction and, and I think this is changing in the genre a little bit, but when I started writing, it was like the late nineties. And I think there was like a lot of airbrushing that went on in romance, not every romance, but a lot of romances and also a lot of movies where you know, it was kind of like, especially, you know, like, like sex, this, I start, this started with sex scenes because sex scenes were very like soft focus.
0: Yeah. Remember like
1: the nineties, it was like, totally dance as old as time. And like her lush, like smooth skin, you know, whatever. It was all very, and nothing, there could never be anything that would like kill the mood.
0: Right. (laughs) Yes. I remember the first time I saw something like that in a sex scene that killed the mood. I was like, yeah, that's great. Yes,
1: (laughs) Yes. And so I, um, And, you know, I would be writing and I would want to write the next thing because I write very, like, I don't necessarily plan when I write. I just kind of follow that, like, curve of my instinct and, Mm -hmm. like, think of the next thing. And so I would get there and then I'd be like, I can't write that. Like, that's going to kill the mood. Right?
0: Right.
1: Almost every – and then I would be like, well, I'll see. I'll try it and I'll see. And, like, then I did, like, a – online I did like a like a tutorial on writing sex scenes and to prepare I asked for feedback on my sex scenes from (laughs) readers and I asked like what are moments that you found especially sexy in my right and almost all the moments that people consistently said were the sexiest were those mood killer moments every single
0: I love that (laughs) that totally proves my instinct about that you know when when the well we have condoms in my books but you know like when the condom snaps and it hurts and you know that those kind of yeah things. yeah like that's it's a it's a hilarious short shared moment you you probably do you, the regency world there are no condoms right i know so that the they condoms existed. existed
1: condoms definitely existed yeah. um but and i i actually they were I think because they were usually lambskin and so I'm not sure how effective they were for disease prevention although that was largely their function. I don't know how effective it really was, but um they uh they did prevent pregnancy. Um and they were reusable also. Which oh my is gosh. That's uh, right?
0: crazy. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I don't know how you guys do it, how historical writers do it with all the research. Like that would be always an unbearable pull to go look for those kind of details yeah no
1: definitely you know i have to say with my sex scenes it's like with birth control specifically um i've just accepted the heroines use herbal birth control yeah yeah and uh the you know the hero pulls out yeah and like that's got to be good enough yeah you know like i like it's not it would not be good enough to me if i was actually living in that time I don't think it is actually good enough, but I've accepted it as like a shorthand for like safe sex. Exactly. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta move on because like,
0: yeah. Yeah. In contemporary, there's a, there's a, a, that's not a trope, but it's, it's a, um, what we do is we show the condom the first time and then we don't show it again for the rest of the book. And it's assumed that's your shorthand for the reader. Mm-hmm. They're being safe. And I'm not going to describe every time they get out the box, you know? yeah yeah so yeah exactly oh that's so interesting can you share a quick craft tip about any sort of thing
1: um well something that has really helped me um is casting my characters
0: oh please um, tell us. because about.
1: I am not one I am not a visual person
0: I am not either I can write an entire book and have no idea what they look like
1: yeah yeah so I, when I started, um, when my first book came out, I after it was written, I sat down and I was like, I'm going to, like, come up with a cast, that, you dream cast, these characters, because I, like, saw other people doing it and it looked fun, right? Yeah. And then I did that for my second book. And then for my third book, I was like, what if I cast them in advance? And... Well, actually, for my third book, one of the characters was based on a Gossip Girl character. Nice. Which one? Uh, Nate. Yeah, <laughs> Nick from Sweet Disorder is based on Nate oh, Archibald. Cool. Yeah. So because he's directionless, right? In that, but he's also his very directionlessness enables him to kind of fall in with other people in a way that's like very charming. Mm. That in that like other people love Nate because, but anyway, so anyway, um, so I was picturing Nate as, um, Nick as Nate, uh, as Chase Crawford. And then when I wrote true pretenses, I decided to cast both characters in advance and I did. And I thought both the people that, you know, I had cast were attractive and I knew what they looked like and I knew how they sounded. Yeah. my my description, my physical descriptions and the sexual tension became dramatically, dramatically better.
0: I need to do that. I am just starting this book. You know, I'm only like, you know, 10,000 words in. And I could still cast them because I continually fight that. And I feel like when I first draft a book, all my characters always sound like the same flat, boring ones until mm-hmm. I revise. Um, but what I really love that I'm hearing you say and it seems obvious to me now, but I've never thought about it before. When people cast their characters, I always pictured them casting them as an actor or an actress mm-hmm. um, and not as actually somebody from a show with a built in set of traits that then you can play with. It kind of gives you a few more colors in the palette for you to start out with.
1: Yeah. And it gives you like what's really helps me is it gives you a voice. Yes. I love being able to hear my characters um talk and also um see them move like the way that they move. Um and I'm not someone that like really thinks about that unless I'm already aware
0: of it mm-hmm. in that that fanish way that I am about characters that I love. So, um yeah. That's perfect. Thank you for that. I am going yeah. to try it. Now I've got to start <laughs> thinking about who I who I love. All right. So when you have uh, self-doubt or dark days about writing, how do you deal with that?
1: Well, hmm. I feel like there's different categories of dark
0: days. Ooh, tell me. About
1: writing. Like there's dark days where you feel like writing's not important.
0: Um, oh, yes.
1: <laughs> and especially now with everything yeah. that's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, I actually have two postcards up by my bed. Uh, one of them is a picture of a pencil, and it says, "This machine kills fascists."
0: I love that. I love that.
1: <laughs> and the other one is um, it's a picture of a woman on a swing, and it says, "Gravity is not the only force at work in this world."
0: Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah, and that really helps me remember that like art actually is important. Yeah, art is renewing art gives hope art helps people process Um, art provides representation Um, art keeps us from being numb so yeah I try to remember that Um, you know I've gotten emails from readers that the first time they felt hope after the election was reading Hamilton's Battalion and that means everything
0: to me. Yes. And I felt that too. I think that's one of the reasons that I loved that collection so much was that there was hope again. And I think we just all need it so much. I was reading, um, actually my, uh, somebody sent me a article recently that said that, um, psychological thriller is kind of on its way out because we're all so exhausted, which is, you know, a pity cause I just sold a, a thriller but that that would, that would be the way I work I in this industry. But they said that uplit is, and I had never heard this term before, but uplit is kind of the opposite of the, the misery lit, the mislit that we, oh. all, that we all love. Be- because people are looking for hope and escape, which I think they've always been able to unerringly find in romance, which is why when we're writing romance, we're feeding that hope.
1: Yeah, I don't know if, I, I mean, I guess I don't know what the market trends are, but I don't, agree with that for myself i feel like what i want right now is that like like i've become obsessed with gothics and i'm writing a gothic because that atmosphere of dread or like get out right it's like it's a horror but it's also kind of a gothic it's like there is something wrong in this house and that sense that pervasive sense of dread that's the core of the gothic is the core of that film, and I, I think that people are craving that reflection of their experience.
0: I love that, and I think you're right. Um, have you seen Sorry to Bother You yet? No. Then it's the new it's the new and first Boots Riley film, and it had a little bit of the gothic feel um, that Get Out did in that whole reflection of today's society. But it was really brilliant and funny and surreal, and you'll love it. But, and oh is p- that the
1: is that the call center movie?
0: Uh, yes, yes, yes Texas I want to see
1: that. I want to see that. I have not seen it yet but I, I'm going.
0: it's brilliant, it's brilliant. you'll love it. And it did have that direct reflection of where we are today. Um, and I and I do like that you say that about the Gothic and how we can that is a form of escape entering yeah. that way into a fantasy world where did you ever read Mary Stewart as a kid? I didn't, but I read a lot of Victoria Holt. Oh, I love Victoria Holt too. Mary Stewart was my my idol. I think she still kind of is. What is the best book that you've read recently? And why did you like it? You know, I I just read
1: Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. I haven't read that. It's so good.
0: I love the cover.
1: Yes. (laughs) Oh my God, the cover's amazing. So it's YA alternate history slash horror. And it's um, basically, it's like reconstruction. Um, except with zombies
0: nice
1: <laughs> so um it's about a black girl who is it goes to like a um so the the deal is that like black people now are no longer slaves but they they are being forced to fight the zombies wow so she's like a zombie fighter and there's like this other girl from her school who's passing. And then there's like, but like, it's, it's so good. I, I mentioned her because I ship
0: them really hard. <laughs> nice. but, um, That's awesome.
1: Like Catherine is, is, is asexual. So I like feel a little bad about shipping them, but also they could be like part life partners and like not have sex. That's fine too. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. um,
0: so now when I read it, I'm going to have that take in my head. <laughs> I
1: mean, you're going to have that take in your head already. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there for the taking and there's there's several good ships it's like a very good shipping book and so I'm very there's a, gonna be a sequel but there's like no information that I can find about when and I'm like
0: come on come ooh, on. I love that you're telling me this because I had forgotten it and I have found myself just this week I am like waist deep in reading seven or 8 nonfiction, non-fiction a few mm-hmm. memoirs and some other stuff and I never like this I, I don't have a a novel to pull me in because the last two novels I've read, I've just abandoned midway through and I need a good solid drag me through read oh yeah
1: it's really and by the way for anyone who like is not a big fan of zombies or horror um it's scary but there's not a lot of like I I don't know like I'm also I'm squeamish and it was I had no problem like there's some gross stuff but I mean it's not like as long as it doesn't have it's not like that really detailed zombie like descriptions of brains for five pages great
0: great that's perfect that's what I want to avoid but I have (laughs) really enjoyed some zombie um, stories like, uh, my friend Sophie Littlefield's Aftertime Trilogy, I think is just still one of the most brilliant trilogies ever. And, and it's that zombies and I don't care. I still read it because it's so good. <laughs> Thank you for suggesting that. What would you like to tell us about right now? Where can we find you? What book would you, what book of yours would you like us to read?
1: Um, so let's see, where can you find me? Sorry, I'm playing back what you just said. So, um, <laughs> Roselearner.com R-O-S-E-L-E-R-N-E-R um, is my website um, and that links to all my social media. I mostly am on Twitter um, at Rose Lerner. And um you can also <clears throat> excuse me. I have a newsletter. Um so I have uh, like new release alerts where you just get an email when I have a new book out. I have like a monthly update new, um email that I send out, and then I also send a little weekly email that I call spoiler my spoiler Wednesday. And basically I just share something small from what I'm working on, like a little bit of research or like a line that I just wrote or like something that I'm thinking about. Um, and that I really enjoy writing it and people seem to really enjoy reading it. I get a lot of like responses to it. So I,
0: I, yeah, I want to back up and just say like that your whole response to email newsletters, I think like seems great. And I haven't heard that, particular take on it and I think it just seems really smart thank you and you're serving readers which which for me is always something I really struggle with I also serve writers because I write Mm -hmm. books about writing so I have an email newsletter about writing you know that goes along with like the people who are listening to this podcast Um, and that's a weekly newsletter which I love writing but I always wonder what I can do for the actual readers out there and that's super super smart I've been thinking. So I actually
1: just started a freelance book doctoring and um, research assistant situation. Cool. Um, so if anybody listening uh, wants another eye on their book, if you're stuck, um, if you want help uh, either putting together some research resources like books for you to read or if you need some fact checking um, my specialty is obviously the Regency, um, and then I, I, secondarily, the Revolutionary War period in America. But um, I'm willing to to read whatever and look into whatever. Um, That's fabulous. And uh, yeah, my email for that is rose does the research at gmail dot com.
0: <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
1: But I've been thinking about starting another newsletter for that, but like, I'm like, oh God, can I really, do I have time for one more newsletter? But I, it would be so
0: fun. I don't know. We'll see. I do love newsletters. I love getting them and I love sending them. And of course I don't, and we're not talking about the spammy kind of newsletter. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about the newsletters that people put thought into and send out every week, or every month. And, and I have them trained to go to my inbox, my priority inbox, you know, the mm-hmm. ones that I love, I train them to go there instead of ending up in my read later inbox. Mm-hmm. You no, know, that's awesome. I'm glad that you shared that. And what, um, what's your most recent book that you would like to tell us a little bit about? So
1: I've already talked about Hamilton's battalion. No. Obviously it is, uh, was inspired by the musical Hamilton, <laughs> um, which I love. Oh, which and, I love. Uh, <laughs> um, and the, my individual story from that, uh, just came out as an, in, as a standalone. Oh, um, I saw that you Protest guys Land. did
0: standalones for that. That's really cool. Yeah. So if there's just
1: one or two from the, um, Honestly, even if you want to read two, it's a better deal to just buy the anthology. Yeah. But if there's just one out of them that you want to read, all three are now available. Um, let see. Look at my. Let me look at my shelf. Um, I would say uh, I have. So I have a small little like erotic novella called All or Nothing. I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily. I don't know. Don't get like too excited by the erotic novella thing, but it's definitely very sexy. <laughs> um, it's not like necess- Yeah. Anyway, you know th- those distinctions are difficult yes it's steamy let's yes. say it's steamy it's okay. a steamy novel. it's called all or nothing um and it's about a shy architect who has a huge crush on this hostess at the gaming den that he goes to and then he wins her in a game of chance and then he's like will you pretend to be my mistress because i have to go to this house party and i want to get work done while in there
0: <laughs> i love this premise thank you and then they get it on
1: and then they get it on okay yes. Um, I'm going to get it on like it. a bunch <laughs> um, so that's a novella uh, so like small you know um, what's the uh, it's a high whatever anyway I can't think of the word that I want um, and then the first book in my Ladley St. Lemison series is Sweet Disorder uh, that's the one I was talking about that was inspired by Gossip Girl um, but it is about a local election where the heroine if she was married her husband would be able to vote because of the way their town charter is set up uh, but she is not married, so people from both political parties, including the hero, are trying to set her up with somebody so she will get married before
0: the election. That is a great premise too. You have awesome hooks. Thank you. Dang! Can I ask you—is uh, Lively any—is is the name Lively? Since you were thinking about uh, Gossip Girl, then does any of that come from like a Blake connection?
1: Oh yes, it was okay, originally the name of the town in the first draft was Blake Lively. <laughs> I so here's the thing um every every main actor on Gossip Girl their name sounds like a town let's it's go through it true. okay Blake Lively yes Leighton Meester Chase Crawford <laughs> oh um, they're all and, East Coast uh, towns and Badgley <laughs> those are all towns in, in England
0: oh <laughs> ah, that's amazing Nobody but you has noticed that, but now I'm going to see it every time. (laughs) That is awesome. Thank you so much for your time here. I'm going to say a fake goodbye to you, and then I want to say goodbye to you again after I hit the stop recording. (laughs) But thank you so much for being on the show today. It was so fun to have you. It was fun being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. Talk soon. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?